0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom
1: Sports Auto, Mike, Sid, and Dave. And uh, I'm not supposed to have favorites when you cover sports over the years, but if I've got one of them. Uh, it was over the years when the Twins were uh, making their run back up the ladder in the division, and I'd stop and visit with Nick Punto on almost a daily basis out at the at the ballpark, and just uh, those were those were wonderful conversations and wonderful times. And he's in town, of course, for the uh, Joe Mauer uh, weekend and beyond, and uh, we can talk some Boston Red Sox because he's out there and obviously knows that organization well as well. Hey, Nick, always good to visit with you. Thanks for giving us some time,
2: Maxie. What's up, buddy? How you awesome. doing? Everything good? Oh, everything's great. We're uh, heading to the airport now. I don't don't want to go home, man. It's an awesome weekend. It's it's cool to be here.
1: Explain Joe Maurer from a teammate standpoint.
2: Uh, Just ultimate professional, um, unbelievable talent, and uh, just a great friend. Really is.
0: Nick, it occurred to me with all the ceremonies this weekend and the way that this Twins team has come together that you were like a, a decade and a half ahead of your time. All of a sudden, we hear all this talk about Swiss Army Knives and guys who can play multiple positions. When that talk started, I just said, well, that's not new here. We had Nick Punto who could who could <laughs> play all those various positions. All of a sudden, it's become a big deal, with flexibility in baseball is one of the most treasured things.
2: It really is, isn't it? It's uh, you, know, you look at some of the dynamic players you guys have right now, they can all move around the field, and, um, you know, it, you're right. There, there was there was utility guys back then. Now it's just versatility guys because it, it just opens up your roster so much and you can play different positions.
1: Nick, obviously I mentioned the Red Sox. You know them well, and, and uh, Twins play them here for three coming up starting to, uh, tomorrow and uh, a little bit of power versus power, and, of course, the Yankees are sitting over there with those big bats as well. Uh, what what do you see as you, as you kind of handicap this thing because the, the game has changed in a lot of different ways since you've played, and everybody's playing for home runs.
2: It, it, it's crazy because, uh, you know, watching this offense, I've been watching this game now, you know, for a couple months, ever, ever since the, the, there's been this huge buzz. So I, I got the MLB channel or network and, or the uh, package at my house, and my wife and kids got to sit through Minnesota Twins games every <laughs> night. So, um it's it's just a, such a dynamic offense. I don't know that we've seen this this dynamic of offense ever in 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 twist. As long as I was a twin, I don't think we had this. And um, it's just such a it's a fun team to watch. The energy's outrageous, right? Every night, the, the fans are totally involved as they always are. But um, you know, I'm just looking forward to seeing them. You know, I would love to see them pick up a a bullpen arm. And you know, if she, if you she could find some big huge done, and, you know, just for a starting pitcher, that'd be unbelievable, but those are pretty hard to find, you know, because those series get super short, Once you know, I'm I'm looking way into the future, right, I want to see them win a World Series this year, and those series tend to get really short, you know, because of of big arms, right, you need a few big arms to really close out seven-game series.
0: Nick, uh, everything gets measured these days. There are stats that track everything. Uh, on a website called Twins Daily this week, someone calculated that the seven, eight, nine batters in the Twins lineup are the most productive offensively in the history of baseball going back to 1900. As someone who occasionally was in that 7, 8, and 9 spot, what is your thoughts when you see that Twins lineup and the guys they're putting out and the production they're getting from the bottom part of their batting order?
2: Well, it just makes so much sense, right? I mean, that's a crazy stat, hmm. but it makes so much sense that they're turning that lineup over, and there's a reason they're leading the league in runs. Uh, I think home runs. So, yeah, the, the the production at the bottom is turning over, turning the lineup over quick, and you know that's the reason they have, they're leading the league in runs per game, right? Runs scored per game. That's that's a pretty cool stat.
1: Nick, it sounded like uh, you might even have an itch to get back into the game in some uh, capacity. You're a husband and a father, and you're enjoying that. But uh, a lot of times, utility players end up uh, getting back in the game and coaching or managing. uh, And it sounds like maybe uh, you'd like to scratch that itch at some point in time.
2: Yeah, I'm getting close, Maxie. I I mean, it would have been nice if you came to see me at the stadium.
1: I I tried, but the line was too long, buddy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Those lines were outrageous. That was such a cool weekend. I mean, what a cool weekend. Joe Maurer, just uh, unbelievable. Justin Morneau nailed it, too. It's just cool. It's so cool to see, you know, former teammates just grow up. Everybody's got seven kids. (laughs) Yeah. It was just such a cool
0: weekend.
1: Yeah. Well, we hope that we'll stay in touch with you on this, bud, but always good to visit with you. You too, Maxie. Thanks,
0: Dave. All right. That's Nick Punto. Always fun. We'll catch up with him additionally during the season. Good luck. Uh, I think I uh, agree with Mike. You'd be a terrific addition to Major League Baseball, and I think uh, guys who come out of the infield tend to, uh, to make it into that manager spot. So that would be, that'd be fun to keep an eye on. All right. We'll take a quick break here and come back, talk hockey on the uh, other side of this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike we are back. Uh, we've changed uh, topics from baseball to hockey. Joining us right now is Paul Fenton. And Paul, uh, what, what is the takeaway on the victory of the St. Louis Blues? That's got to be uh, a bright light for everybody saying how uh, how much can you turn something around and how quickly?
3: Uh, yeah, I guess it is. You know, going from last to, to the best, winning the Stanley Cup, all of our dreams is to do that. Um, give them credit for, for having the, the patience to be able to stay with a belief that they had in the, in the team that they had. So Doug Armstrong, I think, did a tremendous job. So congratulations to him and to the St. Louis Blues.
1: Yeah, before we go too far into hockey, though, the Boston Red Sox come to town. We just mentioned it the next three days. That's your team. What, what's going on out there?
3: Well, I have two teams now. I'm, okay. I'm a Twins guy. Oh, good. Okay. oh, here, oh we here we go. <laughs> I, was there, I was there Friday night supporting it and, okay. and honestly didn't realize that the Red Sox were coming into town until I looked uh, the next day. So um, I, I do root for the Red Sox, there's no question, but I, I'm really, really happy to be a Twins fan now.
1: Yeah, that Fenway Park is something else, isn't it?
3: It's, it's great, especially when you grew up with it and have seen the changes that have been made over the years. It's spectacular there. and It's a really fun place to see a game.
1: Here comes the draft this week, and you guys pour all everything into. And, and the NHL draft is different than other drafts because you're drafting 18 year old kids. And, and I would think that as much science as there is into it, that may be the biggest crapshoot that there is in all of sports.
3: I, I would have to agree with that. Uh, there's just so many things and variables that that can happen in kids' lives. As all of us still remember when we were 18 years old, how many things happened yeah. after that. Um, it's a belief. It's it's looking at the the whole product, trying to see what a kid's uh, life will shape out to be. Uh, it really is a crapshoot, but it's a it's a fun crapshoot.
0: You know, Paul. Uh, when you look at players, you look not only was available this year, but in the years beyond. What is the what's the status right now on Kaprazov? Is is he available uh, for the following year, twenty twenty one?
3: Well, our hope is that uh, he's got one year left in his contract in Russia, and our hope is that. At that time, he and his representatives are, are ready and willing to come over here. Uh, I can't guarantee that, that he will be, but all indicators are pointing that, that he would like to play in the National Hockey League, and if that happens, then we have open arms and we're ready to take him.
1: So do you factor him in when you look at this year's draft everything else? Do you, do you put him in as a, a second-line player in three years? How do you forecast guys like that where it's a little bit different and you got under contract?
3: <laughs> well, that, that's one of the... Um, unknowns that we have. Sure. We, we have to look at it in both ways. We look like we're going to have him next year or possibly the year after and we also have to look at it like we don't. And, and that's what, where it becomes complicated as the, you know how you adjust and how you manage your roster. How about
0: the trade situation this time of year with the draft getting so close? Are you making more calls in your receiving or how's that ratio looking?
3: I think it's, it's just the way that it normally is. It's Certainly it ramps up this time of year because people are looking to see what they have for draft picks and what they don't have for draft picks. So I have received some calls asking about uh, our draft pick in particular to the, the 12th pick. But I've also um, made some calls myself to see whether or not I want to make a, a move to either move up or move down.
1: You also, and this is, it's a long stretch, but not because in Minnesota it applies. We saw Nate Schmidt go through it every once in a while. you see the kid that doesn't get drafted and it plays his advantage. He becomes a free agent after he plays in college and moves his stock up. Uh, is that a common place that, that, that you uh, uh, scout and pay attention to? Or are those just gifts that come along once in a while?
3: I think you look at him like it's an additional draft pick. I mean, fortunately for us this year, we were able to sign Matt Robson and, and Nico Sturm, yeah. two college free agents. That, as you said, at 18 years old, it's a crapshoot. But now these guys have matured, become uh, that much better of a player than they were at 18 years old. And and it's great stories if these guys can make it. There's still prospects in the making. But when you're able to sign guys like this, it, it really gives your organization a boost.
0: Paul, at the end of the year, you were able to send three players down to Iowa, all of whom did very well. What, what's your takeaway from uh, getting a chance to see those guys and that little extra action they got?
3: Well, we are in a development process, and uh, when you have young players like that, you're looking to give them as much experience as you possibly can. For them, to be able to play in two rounds of, the, of a of a hard playoff series, win a, win one, so it it teaches them what it's like to to battle through something is as rigorous as it is in the American hockey league. And, you know, you you talked about it being the minor leagues, it's still professional hockey. It's still a war when you're playing in a type of uh, playoff atmosphere. So for us to have the three guys go down there and compete as hard as they did help that team get to another level and uh, be able to come back here and share that experience going forward. I I think it's invaluable.
1: Well, what's it like the second year of running the whole operation? Not that you haven't run drafts and had theories on drafts, but now that you know the culture of the Minnesota Wild and you've had a year to, to look at your own roster and, and, and your affiliations, how is that different in year two?
3: You know, actually, it's very different. Um, last year coming in as late as I did and uh, having to rush basically through what we were looking at from from the draft and from free agency, uh, it, it was it was – Hit the speed button and go. And and this year I've had the opportunity to work with more people um, that I've brought in and that I'm I, I have a, a comfort zone with and have a plan going forward. So for me, it's been it's been much better this year.
0: Paul, a uh, final question here. Uh, finished the year with some serious injuries. Uh, players not being able to play last month or two of the season. What's the latest on on the injuries, particularly Dumba?
3: Well, all the indicators are pointing that he's, uh, that he's doing really well. I think he's coming back in here in a week or so just to get checked again. But all indicators are pointing that he's going to be uh, good to go once the season starts. Uh, Miko, I spoke to him last week, seems to be doing much better. Uh, he's skating, uh, although he's not, um, you know, what I would say doing rigorous stops and starts yet. He is on his skates and he's and he's able to get more comfort back into that knee as he as he goes forward here.
1: Paul, appreciate very much. Have a good time in Vancouver.
3: Hey, thank you, and happy Father's Day to everybody too.
1: You bet. We'll get you a marriage certificate for being on the show, so you can go to the steakhouse too.
3: Oh, thank you very much.
0: All right, Paul Fenn, back uh, with more right after the sports huddle. Sid, Dave, and Mike. right, Mike, we've got a couple minutes here to talk about. uh, Let's talk some more Twins talk. You know, one thing the Twins have done historically very well is uh, retirement ceremonies, Mm on-field ceremonies. I had a chance to watch that one in its entirety yesterday. Um, It's compelling, uh, television, in-person. They really do that well.
1: Yeah, they they understand. It's a television show. Yep. And, and, And if you can capture the emotion of the people that are there and use the video scoreboard is your backdrop for the people that are at the game. On top of that, you've got everybody at home. And obviously, last night was. But you know, when you when you just show the cutaways for those of us that have followed Twins baseball for a while, and and there's Ken Herbeck and Tom Kelly and Rod Carew. I mean, that means something. That, yeah, that that's sure. cool stuff. And then you go to the other group, and and it's Joe Mauer's group, and it's Eddie Gordado, and and then there's Paul Mauer sitting next to Jack Morris. I mean, it, bringing that stuff together from a visual
0: impact. That that that's good stuff. And there's some of the highlight uh, plays. You forget yeah. what young oh, Joe yeah. Mauer sprawling to make those yes. catches in foul territory. It all comes back. Uh, somebody asked me during the week my favorite. Joe Maurer moment, and I said, well, I may be the only one who picks this, but his backhand catcher, the ball coming off the backstop, I mean, there's not yeah. one person in 100,000 can make that play. He made it just so casually.
1: And, and even when you watched him last night when he was playing wiffle ball as a young kid, you go, okay, oh. there's an it factor there that you can't quite. You, you, can, you can teach, you can work, you can do a lot of things, but it sure looks like the first time he put, picked up a bat and somebody threw him a ball, he knew what to do to it. You know? yeah. and, and some of that stuff you can't
0: teach. No, you know, I, you've been through coach pitch. I've been through it uh, with T-ball with the kids. Yeah, I saw him hit that ball, and I said, oh, where was he on all those teams I coached? Yeah. This little kid comes up and just hits the ball so far beyond the farthest outfielders probably it looking for four and clovers. He doesn't even realize that it's supposed to be hard.
1: You no. know, that was kind of described his career to an extent, and obviously the last several years were more difficult. But, um, uh, yeah, there were some... <laughs> Some magical moments for him in that, in that run. You know, the, the one thing he never did, I didn't re- think about this until I was talking to Nick Punto there, was you know he never won a playoff series. All the years that they went, they went, the last time they won one was against Oakland with uh, uh, Pruszynski. Yeah. And then they won the division several times, but they could never get past the Yankees in the first round. I never thought of And they lost mind.
0: the A's and they lost, you know, the White Sox to 163 and all that, you know. But sure nice you know, the relationship they've maintained with the guys who came here, I don't think it takes much of a phone call to say, We're doing this, would you come back? I think a hundred percent of those people just Tell me when. Doesn't me seem when. like it's too hard. I didn't have Tommy back for the first couple days. At yeah, that least. was great. Bert Blylevin is going to join us at 10.15. Yeah. We'll continue this conversation at that time. Just a, a little tease. That Levine uh, will be with us at uh, 10 o'clock, or 10.05, actually. Uh, no PJ uh, today, but Blylevin at 10.15. Brian Lawton will be uh, joining us. A little more hockey talk. That'll be about 11.05 or so. So we will take a short break here. Sid's in the office. We'll get him involved when we come back. You're listening to the Sports fellow with Sid, Dave, and Mike.